0: such a burden for this thing. Oh, man. We live in a, 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 Jesus would say, lift up your eyes. The fields are ripe to harvest. eh? Uh, We need to ask the Lord to help us reach these people more and more and more. I am so clear today about this thing that the Lord is wanting us to, to commit into and to engage the adventure of a conspiracy of kindness. There's a power in kindness that this world knows nothing about. And we live in, a very, in very cruel days in a cruel world. There's pain left, right, and center. Just the things that Claire was talking about, that Timber's been talking about, that we've talked about in different scenarios. There is so much pain. Uh, some of the pains amongst us right here today. Pain in relationships and, and uh, animosity and breakdown and distrust and in our nation at a, at a governmental level. We could. I don't need to elaborate this because you, you just read a newspaper or listen to the news once, pick up News 24, you'll know what I'm talking about. Left, right, and center. Uh, where our justice system, our police systems, and, and uh, it all just fails. And, and the guy gets arrested in Arusha, having escaped with the help of officials who are paid to keep him there. It's just there's so much brokenness. So much. Here's the thing. I thought the Lord was speaking to me all week about this. He says, although you see the cruelty and the chaos and the destruction of so much of life in South Africa and in the world we live in, because we including places like, as we talked, prayed it to tonight, uh, today, in Sudan. And, uh, although you see that, you must understand that there is one particular piece of evidence that will affirm the fact that God's kindness is greater than the cruelty and brokenness of the world in which we live. And a seed of kindness can transform a nation, can transform a world. A seed of kindness brought into a a destructive marriage where there's abuse, a seed of kindness coming into that can transform not only that marriage, that family, but a lineage to come. I want to talk to you today about the power of kindness. And I want to talk to you about that which guarantees the power of kindness. I've been a pastor for quite a number of decades now, and I have never ever felt uh, that we ever graduate away from this particular thing. So I'm going to go back to Luke 24. Is the passage I wanted to, but before there's a scripture in Isaiah 54, verse 8. He says, "God says to His people and of His people, with everlasting kindness, I will have compassion on you." God's kindness is not temporary; it's everlasting. It is powerful. Uh, I, I, I jotted down a couple of thoughts about kindness. Can I just go to that? And then I want to land on that Luke 24 unpacking of this guarantee that kindness is stronger than cruelty in any shape, form, or, or, or anything at all. Kindness is giving hope to those who think they're all alone in the world. <coughs> had the privilege earlier this week to... Uh, be involved with, at, a, at a request to assist a particular family. And I felt so clear that we needed to, Colleen and I needed to do this. And when I mentioned her, she said, but of course. Uh, and it's, it is a financial thing. And we stepped in and did it with immediate effect, within minutes. And uh, felt such a sense of, of um, wonder and amazement that we've been invited into a divine adventure. These things have power, huh? When you exercise faith according to a conviction the Spirit has given you on on the principles of kindness, uh, the reverberations are extremely significant. Kindness is seeing the best in others when they cannot see it in themselves. So it's not because they deserve your kindness. It's because you're kind. You see, kindness is something that anyone can give without losing anything themselves. Because it doesn't grow less by the giving. And kindness is not so much what you do, but who you are. It comes comes from that place of of grace in your own life. And while kindness in words creates confidence, kindness in thinking creates profoundness. In fact, kindness in giving creates love. Kindness it has been said, is the language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. Sometimes it takes only one act of kindness and and of caring to change a person's life. A very famous person said that, Jackie Chan, those who've watched the movies, Jackie said that. Let me give you again for Jackie's sake. Sometimes it takes only one act of kindness and caring to change a person's life. Do things for people, not because of who they are or for what they do in return, but because of who you are. This is kindness. And if you've been born again, the kindness of God is on your life. The seeds are there. You've got the DNA. Let it out. <coughs> Carrying out a, a random act of kindness and with no expectation of reward, safe in the knowledge that one day someone might do the same for you. And the world begins to change by the release of the gospel of kindness. <clears throat> you can accomplish by kindness what you cannot by force. There's a power in kindness that force cannot measure, cannot compete with. Kindness can become its own motive. So we are we are made kind by being kind. Roosevelt one of the past presidents of the states, said human kindness has never weakened the stamina or softened the fiber of a free people. Let me just give that again. Human kindness has never weakened the stamina or softened the fiber of a free people. A nation does not have to be cruel to be tough. So we, we might want to stand up and give fire and brimstone sermons to the, uh, to the corrupt governments and people in our land, but telling you now, Kindness is so much more powerful. It works in almost invidiously as it gets into situations that our confrontation would just be lo- laughed at and mocked. <coughs> I remember when I went for my first year, having had two years in military, went from first first year at Varsity at Rhodes, and uh, they had the, the introduction, uh, the, what do you call it, orientation, and these fourth, fifth-year students were, were mocking. I found out that some of us were theological students and Christians. And they started making jokes about this acrobat on the cross, as they called him. And I was, uh, in one moment, incensed with the, the craziness that these guys, who supposedly are educated they're in their fourth or fifth year, yeah, I was a rookie first year, hadn't done a single varsity assignment yet, uh, and, and they, were, they were calling the Lord of Glory an acrobat on the cross. And, and I went through a, a kaleidoscope of emotional response to, to this guy, with the one guy in particular. On the one hand, he, I was incensed, anger, you're crazy. And I, look, I just come out of the army, so I wanted to you know, sort him of lay hands on him, you know. <laughs> I wanted to bless him with a fivefold ministry or something. But uh, uh, um, on the other hand, I felt such pity for the guy. He's been studying for four or five years, and he's still as stupid as that. This guy needs help. And I said, brother, I will be praying for you. You, you don't know a thing. You don't know what you don't know. There's just something about the power of kindness that is so much more powerful than force. Ronald Reagan said, we can't, we can't help everyone, but everyone can help someone. Hey? And you know, kindness begins with the understanding that we all struggle. There's a, there's a commonality and a buntu of our humanity when we think about kindness. We all need it. I'm going to make a confession here today. I'm not in trouble that you might think of right now. So. <laughs> I want to make a confession that I love chick flicks. Who else likes chick flicks? Yeah. And I love movies that speak of courage. And compassion, and every time, yeah, the underdog finding favor, huh? you know what I'm talking about, brother, here we go, and and um, every time I see such a movie, I sit there, and I weep quietly, that's my confession, huh? and I, look, I'm in good company, because John, you know that verse I told you all to remember, that shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept, thank you, have you ever done that, you guys, you macho guys? But I still jerked, something in my soul is jerked out into a a place of deep emotional awareness when I see courage and compassion, especially when they're blended together. And kindness is the blend, eh? Often, often that's the way it comes through. A single act of kindness throws out roots in all directions and the roots spring up and make new trees. It's very powerful. Unexpected kindness is the most powerful, least costly, and most underrated agent of human change. Just before I go to the scripture, let me give you one more comment that I jotted down Kindness is a passport that opens doors and fashions friends. It softens hearts and molds relationships that can last a lifetime. There's power in kindness. And I want to call you Fountain Vineyard and friends here today. Would you join with me? As we embrace the challenge, the adventure, the mystery, and the miracle of being kind in the midst of a hostile environment. Our nation has, we've come through hostility with the the systemic evil of apartheid, which was horrific. I remember leading youth camps and things in those areas. I was doing one up here near cookhouse, 250 youngsters from all kinds of backgrounds, and some of the guys were are co-leading with the camp said, Dave, watch out, there's this guy, with that overcoat on there and that one there, The a couple of agents here for the apartheid government, and we were being harassed and, and, and watched all the time on our anti-apartheid stance and our uh, and we were marrying people illegally and taking them across the border to this guy, get him registered there, the magistrate at, at Butterworth, and uh, So we're doing all the stuff. So we're being under surveillance and taken in for questioning one time by the security police in Fort Beaufort, or Buffalo, as they call it, and um, hearing the screams down the passages. They try to intimidate us into making confessions um, that we weren't prepared to make. And uh, all of that to say, it was just a tiny, tiny piece of the pain that others were experiencing in huge doses. Nothing compared to what some of the people I was working with were experiencing where people would just disappear and you never hear of them again eh? just disappear I thought about that when I was in South Sudan a few months ago and they took me to what's called the Slaughterhouse on the edge of the Nile River and that's where uh, the one Dinka tribe and the other tribe with uh, 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 these tribal differences and they'd slaughter in the house and throw their bodies over into the Nile for the crocodiles to take away and they'd just disappear people go you know we're living in a cruel world. I don't need to remind you of that. But I want to say today, there is a power greater than the cruelty and hostility of the world in which we live. The power of the kindness that springs from the knowledge of the gospel. Amen. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, Paul says, hey? for it, the gospel, is the power of God and to salvation to all who believe. So Jesus is walking down the road. This is after Easter, like today. It could have been about this time after Easter. He's walking down the road <clears throat> and he comes across two men or two people, we don't know if it's two people, it's clear perhaps we discovered it was the one, we don't know if it's his wife or a friend, I don't know, but two, two people, and they're discussing what's just been happening in Jerusalem over Easter. Um, and he says, what are you guys talking about? And they said, don't you know? This major thing that just happened at this uh, Passover festival in, in Jerusalem where uh, this man claimed to be an Messiah, been preaching and doing miracles for ages, and they, and they described Jesus, and uh and, and we had hoped that he would be the Messiah who would bring liberty to all of us. Uh but he was crucified. And uh and then the strange thing was his body seemed to have been stolen because he disappeared, and we don't know. We don't know about this. and, and mystified. And Jesus it says in, in Luke 24, uh, beginning with the the prophets, uh in the Old Testament history, he began to open up to them all that the scriptures were, were saying about the Messiah to bring correction to their false understanding of the Messiah. And, and there were three things, and I'm giving you this because if you understand the authority of the resurrection of Christ, of the empty tomb, which is an historical fact, I don't know, how many of you have ever been to Jerusalem? Ever been to the garden tomb? Yeah, you guys been? Wonderful. It's a very moving experience to come from Golgotha and then go down to the garden tomb and actually see where the stone there and this is the place where our Lord lay and his bones are not there, he's risen. And there's a power being expressed that if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. But if he be raised, the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies. So the same spirit that, uh, that raised him will raise you and all of broken humanity that cries out to the Lord. This is a very powerful thing. We must understand that the resurrection is the power of kindness. So Jesus meets these two confused people on the Emmaus Road and explains uh, three things to them. And there are things that will help you and me in our, in our engagement with kindness. The first thing he, 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 he engages with them on is their preoccupation with their negativity and, de- and depression and despair. The Bible in Luke 24 says, Uh, verse 17. What are you discussing while you're walking along? And they say to him, they stood still, just gobsmacked, don't you know, looking with their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem, etc. So he he meets them and, and, and engages with them at the point of their depression, at the point of their preoccupation with their negativity. How many of us have not... How many of us have not been in situations, social situations where the conversation quickly goes to all the negative things that are happening in our nation and we get sucked into our preoccupation? We must understand that though the ANC is corrupt, though the EFF has its own crazy agendas, and though we've got uh, very, very weak governmental leadership and we've got people that are lying in politics all the time, though we've got every evidence and now can go on all the things that you would normally be preoccupied about, you know what I'm saying? We could spend this as a preoccupation event. Though we have that, there's another truth. And that truth wants to speak to us as he spoke to those two people on the Emmaus Road. He challenges their preoccupation with what they saw themselves and what they felt, their own preoccupation with their negativity, and said there's got to be more. And that will often keep us back from recognizing the power of his his kindness. They didn't know that this was Jesus because they were so preoccupied. We didn't know that Jesus is in our nation, wants to bring change, but we preoccupied with our despairs and our angers and our retaliations. And in the mix of all that, we miss the power of kindness breaking out as a tsunami that will revolutionize this nation. <clears throat> I was telling the people in Siskaya said, "I've told you this before, if I take a pig from the mud, scrub it clean, wash it, put perfume on it, put a ribbon around its neck, let it go. Where's it going to go? Back to the mud. Why? All I've done is I've changed the attitude. I haven't changed the heart. The power of kindness changes hearts. Changes hearts. So inside out. Uh, Max Ricardo talks about having compassion for a prostitute that he got to know uh, in the course of his street evangelism. And he um, found out it was, it was her birthday the next week. So he, he got all a of few other prostitutes and a local Pub or Shabin and arranged for a fat birthday cake at three o'clock in the morning because that's the only time they came off work. And when she walked in, having come off work, found there was a party prepared for her. And this huge, big chocolate cake for this prostitute, and and then it opened up a conversation of tremendous hope for all in the neighbourhood. What kind of man and what kind of message is conveyed in? Bringing a party and a chocolate cake to a prostitute at three in the morning. What's this about? It started a revolution of transforming lives. We've got to get willing to have, to have our, our hands dirty and get into the, the messy places where the most pain is, because that's where kindness can have its greatest effect. And they started asking questions What kind of faith have you got that causes you to have chocolate cakes at three in the morning for prostitutes? What's this about? You might be thinking of a situation of tremendous adversity, and you've normally thought about that with acrimony and despair and preoccupation with negativity. I'm saying to you, bring kindness into the picture. See how it changes it. As it began to change in Luke 24. Let's go to the other two. The other two factors in this um, encounter of Jesus. Verse 21, he says, they tell him, we're talking about, uh, don't you know, we're talking about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet. Uh, all that. Uh, But now the chief priests hand him over. He's been sentenced to death They crucified him. But we had hoped he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. But now we're also here on the third day since this took place. Some of the women amazed us. They went to the tomb. Don't you love the fact that the the very first preachers of the resurrection gospel were women? All the women said amen. Thank you ladies. You can have that for free. So And then it says here, let's just jump straight to verse um, 24, Then 25. He said to them, How foolish you are and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. The hope of the world is talking to them. They have preconceptions about what... God would do if you were to come to, to, to their village, to their town, to their nation, to our world. And we have preconceptions of what the gospel would do in South Africa. And we was, God was wanting us to understand that kindness breaks the barriers of all our preconceptions. And if we read the scriptures properly, it's our quoted Isaiah 54 verse 8 in the beginning, that he says, I will lead my people with eternal kindness and compassion. Remember those Psalm 23, probably your favorite psalm? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I remember speaking about that in a youth group one day. and One guy said, did David have three ladies in his life? I said, what do you mean? He said, "No, surely goodness and mercy. So I said, no, no, no. I said, they weren't going to follow him. Those are attributes, characteristics. They weren't ladies following David. <laughs> so we need to understand scripture Accurately, because it will encourage us to to have an accurate hope. And kindness needs us to have our minds renewed. Sometimes we read what we call eisegetically. We read into Scripture what we we think we want Scripture to say, rather than exegetically, where we take from Scripture its true meaning. So we have two things so far here that uh, we must break through if we want to have uh, the revolution of kindness. Preoccupation and preconceptions, pre-ideas that we are fixated on. I love that song, Liam, that you led us on about breaking our traditions and our religions and included in that our preconceptions. Eh? But then Jesus did say to them in verse 25, This is a third barrier that had to be broken for kindness to come through the, uh, and the power of the resurrection to be known amongst them. Paul prayed, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the full significance of worshiping a Savior who subjected himself to the cruelty of the world out of kindness that he might save the world. Can you see the anomaly of this thing? And he says, your unbelief, slow of heart to believe, verse 25, foolish, slow of heart to believe, simply unbelief. eh? Unbelief is a massive barrier to the inbreak of kindness. We just can't believe it, so we're not going to go down that road. But you see, it's an adventure. It's an adventure. But let's look what happened. And this will be the result for you and for me if we say yes to this invitation to the adventure and the uh, revolution of kindness. And there's three things that will happen, and and I will land the plane after that, so just relax. Three things are going to happen if we say yes. And you pick up in verse 33, (coughs) he took the the revelation of who he was after he'd broken bread with them. Remember, and they saw him for who he was, and their hearts were strangely warm. Do you remember that? Okay. And, uh, and they realized that this was the Messiah. It is true. The woman went lying. He, he is alive. He's talked with us. He broke bread with us. And in the meal, in the breaking of the bread, the revelation came. Huh? Powerful. And uh, what happened in verse 33? He says, um, uh, they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 and those with him and assembled together. There's something about kindness that creates community, takes you back to community. They were walking away into Emmaus. They came back They want to be part of the community. They want to be part of this belongingness. They want to be part of the Ubuntu of God's people. We're not going to walk in isolated individualism and the anomaly of solitary Christianity, which is an oxymoron, like military intelligence oxymoron. (laughs) You know what I'm saying about oxymoron? Uh, You know what I'm saying? So... A solitary Christian is just not, that's not the reality. If that's what you call yourself, I'm walking in isolation, that's just not, that's a denial of the gospel. The gospel, with, which carries kindness in it, the revelation of Christ coming to us, will take you back to community. You'll learn to love belonging. with All the risks, and let me tell you, it's risky to be known, huh? Hey? Sometimes it's risky even just to know. You. I'd rather just know you for what I think you are. But when you tell me that you just killed three guys hired by your gang to be the assassin, and then eh? what do you do with that? Yeah. But we were very impressed and impacted by the revelation and those guys allowing us to know them. And and they were a blown away uh, as they got to know some of us, and especially Tracy. Thanks, Tracy. <laughs> yeah. So that's the first thing that's going to happen. You're going to learn to love community. When kindness breaks out, you want to meet with other people that are pursuing the same thing in God, eh? Man, we, were, we were, Can I just digress for a few moments? We were, we were at, at Kingwood. Conte is that how you say it? Conte is that right? Yeah. Uh, yesterday, we had an ordination for Zozo Figland, one of our pastors that's been in training, and, and now he's ordained vineyard pastor, and we ordained him yesterday. And, uh, and Altemba got up there with his microphone and started that whole jig. I tell you, you know, when you put up that, that African beat, I just can't stand still. It just it just comes up, you know. The thing starts to move, and you start to, you know. And, uh, like a, did you? Oh, come on, man. Uh, but there's just something about belonging to people who, who are excited about the same thing. Hey? So these guys rush back. They, they, they were gathering with the 11 and the other disciples as they assembled together, all working out, what does this mean? He's really risen. We've, this one's seen him. That one's seen him. And, and we've now just seen him. We've had a meal with him. And We've got to get this thing together. And the new humanity starts to take shape. Wouldn't that be awesome? Hey? One, two, three, four, five, 10. Hundred million, and it starts to grow a revolution but there is a a, a second effect that happened as a result of of their uh, encounter with Christ Um, and I I love this verse 34 the very next verse says um, uh, and they said it is true the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon this is a very important inclusion here Appeared to Simon. They could have just said he appeared to some of the disciples, but they named Simon because Simon was the jerk that denied Jesus and promised he never would. And he denied Jesus when Jesus looked at him, he wept bitterly when the cock crowed. You remember that? And uh, and Jesus made sure that he he would vindicate Simon and vindicate the grace that was on Simon's life. And this is the point. Simon had failed. I don't think it's it's an accident <laughs> that we have the first primary international leader of the church role modeling for us how to manage your, your failures. Isn't that interesting? Some movements, if you fail, out. Bring the next one on. If you fail, it's out. Shape up or ship out. But in this church, if you want to qualify as a leader in this church, show us how you failed. Does that make sense to anybody? If it doesn't, sit around long enough till you get the gospel because you haven't got it yet. The Pharisees said, we're great. We've never failed. And Jesus says, you stink like whitewashed sepulchres. And you read Matthew 23. I don't want to repeat the words Jesus used because they wouldn't be accepted in this place. I'll get letters. (laughs) I love this. There's just something about how the gospel redeems us from our failures and our brokenness as it did in Simon's case, and and kindness will do that. It will help people come back from failure, from your affair, from your broken parenting where your child is wayward, uh, and your husband is unhappy uh, and there's stuff going down and your business is corrupt and, and there's stuff happening and, and you know that you've been parted. You haven't had the courage to lead like you should have, and it's a it's a mess. And there are many areas of our lives where we can feel like we've failed. But you see, it's not whether we've ever been successful that counts, and never failed. It's what we've done with our failures. In the broken place, have we have we reached out for grace from God? Hey? I mean, Colleen laughs at me when I dance. She does. We we have what we call the what do they call that thing? The genius of opposites. Yeah. We. And she said to me the I left this morning, you know, just remember we are the we we, we live out the genius of opposites. I mean, and I'm quite happy about that. We are very different, and she's very happy too. So she <laughs> She would much rather have a, a classical evening and I want rock and roll and country. She she she'd rather have us dancing and she doesn't submit to that anymore because she knows that I'll just not manage. <laughs> but Put A bit of African beat on that thing, man. And I'll tell you what, before we know it, we've got a. And this is why I love it in Malawi because Malawian dancing has got no style to it, it's got its own style, you know. It's just, uh, yeah. I mean, yesterday we felt like God is leading us to dance like that. And I realized what I was doing. I was, I was, I was recording some early experiences in my life where I used to have a Morris minor that wouldn't start, I had to crank it in the front. <laughs> I was actually starting my car. That's what I was doing, Gav. you wonder what I was doing there. I was starting my car. And, and, you know, God has helped us overcome our failures, our failure to, to please each other, our failure to, to dance properly, and, and our failure to, 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 to maintain the little success, success that people expected of us. I just love the vineyard because the vineyard says, uh, never trust a leader who doesn't limp. What have you done with your, your falls and your limps? So I said I'm landing the plane, so it's come down to the last point. Okay, so watch verse 35 now. So 33, 34, and 35, each speak of a particular result of embracing kindness number one there's a, a callback to community number two there's a restoration from failure and we've had our fair share over the nearly 40 years in this church and they, we go through seasons where some failures because if it's amongst leadership they become glaring and uh, we've seen it globally as well but here's the deal it's not that they fail it's what you do with a failure I have more confidence in somebody who fails and gets up because of grace than somebody who comes and boasts, I've never failed. You can trust me. I'll be a leader. (laughs) That doesn't work with me. And the third thing. I love this. Verse 35, it says here, uh, it says here, then the two of – told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. They began to talk. They began to witness. They had a, they had a statement could be made. They began to speak of this. There, there was a substance to, to the life and the message that they now carried. They're told. When kindness has gripped your life, you, you'll find the wonder and the mystery of God's goodness becoming the paramount focus of your life. And you won't, you won't help but want to gossip the gospel. There'll be a willingness to tell no matter who hears it and who doesn't tell. So we come back to community. We come back to restoration from failure and we come to speak of God and his goodness. We we carry witness and others will get saved because of that. Others will come to healing because of that. We've landed. How's that? (laughs) Stand with me, will you? Just put on your paraphernalia, put on your stuff, whatever you're needed right now. Just for a few minutes. We want to just stand before the Lord and allow His Spirit to work in our hearts and uh, help us to respond to Him. Yeah. So we say, come Holy Spirit, come and have your sovereign way amongst us. Lord, we pray, would you, would you take away from us all our preoccupations? Our preconceptions, our unbelief, and release amongst us, Lord, a call to say yes to the gospel that works in the power of kindness. Lord, I pray these couple hundred people that are with me here today would be, every one of us, would be gripped with a passion to be part of this conspiracy of kindness, transforming our part of the city and our part of this nation wherever you give us opportunity this week ahead. May May we have stories to tell. Because of evidences of kindness that's transforming lives. I want to ask if there's anyone that needs kindness. You've been living in a harsh environment, the headwinds of your circumstance are hard, and you feel overlooked and you feel abandoned in it, and it's a difficult time for you. It might be in your workplace. Some of you are transitioning uh, into a season of life where your income is going to drop off, and somebody spoke to me about that just yesterday, and his income diminished from 24000 a month to 4500 a month, because that's what retirement did to him. Some of you are in that kind of place. Financial anxieties. And these things want to come and choke you. If you need kindness... I'm going to ask you if, you, if you would allow us to be kind to you, would you come forward now? We would like to pray for you. and We'd like to see how God will help us to meet needs so that it could be said of this church on the, the 16th of, what's this now? April, thanks, guys. 16th of April, 2023, people came forward, and when they left, there was not a needy one amongst them. Wouldn't that be a great story, Huh? Eh? Write books about that. Who has a need today that you'd like to come and say, pray for me? Can I present this together with God's people? Don't be shy. Come forward. It might be a – you don't need to give us the details if you'd like to keep it private. That's also okay. But you just want to receive prayer and acknowledgement that your need is there. And we we want to to take these needs very – come up here, Elijah. That's great. Anyone else? Just come forward. Anyone else like to just acknowledge a need before God? We're going to see – we're going to ask God for your very specific miracles. I'm not going to ask for details of it, but just tell me the realm where it's relationship or it's finance or it's work or – and then we'll we'll name them. What are you praying for, Elijah? Papers, so that you can be legally in South Africa. Papers, we need we need a visa papers. What do you want, brother? Uh, you need a job. Financials, you need a job, eh? Okay, any other needs out there? Just come forward. Just like to, we won't ask for details, but we want to pray specifically. What do you want to pray for? Okay. Broken relationship and, 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 and a work situation. No, we need a, a job, job change. Anyone else? We've got three people that we're going to pray for. Anyone else need prayer? <coughs> you coming up, Rhoda? What do you want us to pray for, Rhoda? You needing a, a, a job, eh? Okay. Rhoda's from Malawi needing no work. Anyone else? Would you guys just spit up a little bit here? Yeah? I, I want to ask, uh, Lord, would you impart a gift of faith amongst us? And if you know God's on you with a measure of faith to believe for any one of these four people so far, would you come up and stand with him? We ask the Holy Spirit to lead, that we'll pray very accurately with the right measures of faith. So, Lord would release the gift of faith right now um, amongst us here and spice it strongly with kindness. Lord, would you do that? Come and, and and just come and stand. With them. Let's have two, three people sit with each one. Let's have a bit of a prayer meeting around each one for their situations. <coughs> Thank you, Lord. And now I want to pray. While they're receiving prayer, right and uh, uh, play a bit of music for me or something. That'd be great. do uh, you want to come play your keys first? us? Okay. He's going to come. Thank you. All right. Okay. While these guys are praying here, I want to pray for you. If you're willing, I really am expectant for something very significant to break out in our lives because of an intentional kindness. If you're willing to join me in being intentionally active in pursuing opportunities in God for kindness, I want you to to raise your hand to me right now because I want to pray for those today that God will we'll see your hand, will take you up, and that this will be the, one of the most adventurous weeks of your life. God's going to give you opportunities this, this week where the power of His resurrection manifested in, excuse me, in kindness will become the name of the adventure that you will be enjoying this week. Raise your hand high. Father, look at your brother, your, your, your sons and your daughters, my brothers and sisters. Father, would you see them this morning? And I pray that every word that has been spoken today would would fall in good soil and that our response would be empowered and confirmed by your spirit. Lord, every hand raised today, Lord, I pray that they would experience tangible leading from you and opportunities to show kindness uh, that would be demonstrative of the power of your gospel to change our city, change our nation. Lord, would you release uh, a new confidence amongst us to just take that little act of kindness. It's a tiny mustard seed and cause it to become such a significant contagion. that Others will will catch it. And instead of having a violent revolution as people are talking, we'll have a kindness revolution in our nation in the name of Jesus. And all the Lord's people said, amen. Amen. Go and have some coffee and something here, guys. If anybody else needs prayer for healing or something, come up front here. We'll ask some of the intercessors to be here, some of the leaders. But go to enjoy some fellowship. Uh, and uh